Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 I've begun using a really cool surface from Aviva IQ, and it's made my life so much easier. My guests love receiving all the important details about their stay exactly when they need it. And I love all the five-star reviews I'm getting on communication. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Today's topic of the podcast is all about how to manage multiple Airbnb listings and more specifically the tech side. So what systems can you use and how do you set it up technically? And I have a guest on the show, Jesse DePinto, who is the co-founder of a vacation rental management company called Frontdesk. And so he's the expert on how to manage all these multiple listings. So Jesse, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jasper. Happy to be here. I, I kind of grew up in the vacation rental world on your podcast. So it's truly an honor to be here. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited to learn from you about how to manage multiple listings. I've never managed more than one listing myself. So I often get questions from the listeners about how to manage multiple listings. And and so I've actually referred a few people. I've told a few people I'm going to be talking to Jesse soon. So I'll ask you all the questions that I've received myself because I don't know the answer really. Before we get into the details, can you share how you got started with Airbnb and you know, kind of what led you to start your company? Sure. So about two years ago, a friend of mine had recently sold his company and we got together for coffee and I was bored and he was bored and we basically said, let's start a company. I had come from the hospitality technology world. So previously I was doing product management and marketing for a smart thermostat product in hotels that connected with Alexa and smart door locks and all kinds of internet of things products. And my partner had come from the real estate world where he had a lot of relationships in the multifamily real estate world. So we kind of stumbled upon Airbnb together collectively between our two kind of skill sets and started with just one property early 2017. And it's just been kind of taken off from there. So we're kind of learning this all as we go, but really we're still young in the industry even though we've come to the point we're at today. What's the region where you're located? So we're in three cities. We're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Charlotte, North Carolina, and Indianapolis, Indiana. So we just started Indianapolis. That's where I'm calling from. So it's not quite the warm, sunny beaches that you usually call from, but uh, (laughs) it, it, it makes sense for us. You started in Milwaukee, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's where I lived, and that's where I live today. So it was really in our backyard. We really just use it as a test bed. And just out of curiosity, why did you choose Indianapolis and Charlotte to as your next destinations? Or? Yeah, I mean, part of it is we just understand the culture, heavy in the business travel, it's within driving distance. So a lot of things logically make sense there. I mean, at the end of the day, we have you know 20 or 50 desirable cities across the U.S., so it's kind of hard to pick a bad city uh, with the demand on Airbnb today. 
All right, so let's start with the multiple listings. So I'm just going to imagine I have two listings. My first question would be, should I have one Airbnb account? So let's say I'm managing a listing for somebody else. Should I have that person be the host on the Airbnb account or should I create one Airbnb account with two listings? It depends. <laughs> the standard consultant answer, right? Depends what you're trying to accomplish. If you're eventually trying to scale and, and have 20 listings, all in the same city and you are the one manager, one host account makes sense. So there might be some reasons that you need two host accounts. So some people use it to kind of skirt legal legislation issues. They think that they appear less on the radar. So there's some very tricky things that people do with multiple accounts. It tends to be more shady uh, the more accounts you have. But if you're running a legitimate Airbnb business and you have complete authority over the cleaners, the customer service and all of that, then there's no reason you can't get by with one host account with one caveat. So Airbnb is a little finicky with their terms of service. So you read horror stories all the time about hosts who just had their account pulled down for no reason. At least that's what they claim. So it's a little nerve wracking to put all your eggs in one basket with one host account. And then if you get pulled from Airbnb, you're kind of left high and dry. In reality, they're pretty reasonable. If you play by their rules, then there's no reason to think they would pull your listing. I tend to believe most people have a side story there they're not sharing with why their host account got pulled. Um, but that is another reason why you might have two host accounts. The next question is, do you think that when Airbnb guests look on Airbnb, you know, Airbnb is originally, you know, you're staying with somebody, it's a personal experience, etc. If I'm looking at some listings and I can clearly tell, okay, this is a management company that has like 20, 30 listings or so, there's maybe not even a picture of a person, There's a there might be a logo. Do you think that deters people from booking? I think so. It depends on how you go about doing it too. So I don't think it would deter someone knowing that you have 20 properties on Airbnb, if anything. That would show them that you know what you're doing and this is a professional experience and you know what you're signing up for. You obviously draw a certain type of person that likes consistency and probably more of the type of demographic that likes hotels and that consistency of hotels. So some people get a little turned off who are more you know, anti-establishment or people that want the kind of shop local kind of vibe. But there's ways that you can do that and keep your humanity at the same time. So I think people would get turned off if you put a logo, if you use your company's logo advertising on Airbnb, because then they get the impression that if they need customer service, they're going to have a company on the other end of the line and not a person. So a way to keep your humanity while you're scaling is to still put a person behind the scenes so the, the guests are always talking to a person. Just make it clear in your description that this is a company because the last thing you want to do is set expectations poorly. And when people book with you, their reviews are based on what they expected and their experience is based on what they initially expected in the listing and your profile. And if you don't put anywhere in the listing that you're a management company or in your even your host profile and they get there and see that it's a management company, they may get turned off and leave a bad review. So I would just suggest just being transparent with your guests, but also keep your sense of humanity when your guests need a human at the other end of the phone. You know, have a phone number that rings somebody's cell phone, not some 1-800 number that puts them on hold for five minutes. That's what they don't want. Right. What about the co-hosting functionality? So I imagine, let's say I'm managing a listing, let's call this person Bill. So Bill has a home and I'm managing it for Bill. Should I put Bill as the host on the profile and then as a co-host, I can sort of manage it in the background? Is, is that a good option? 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way. If you have multiple people truly managing the listing, let's say you're doing the furniture and the maintenance and the upkeep of the property, but Bill is doing all of the cleaning and the customer service, and Bill is the one that they're going to be contacting, put Bill as the co-host because, again, you want to properly set expectations and be transparent with your potential future guests to where they know what they're signing up for. If they see Jasper, they're going to want to talk to Jasper. But if they see Bill as a co-host, they're going to be okay if Bill is also talking to them on the chat. That's one benefit of co-hosting. The biggest is really user management. If you don't really know Bill that well, and you just want to give him split of the profit for doing your cleaning and customer service, you guys don't have to sign lengthy contracts and know each other previously. You can simply enter into this kind of temporary relationship with him. And every booking that you have that setting for, he gets a cut of the sale. And it's Airbnb who manages that payment flow. So it tends to be, I think, probably more useful for those cases where you're sharing revenue. But at the same time, it's free to throw up extra hosts. You can put them up there without sharing revenue with them, just to set expectations with the guests. That's typically what we do. Whoever might be interfacing with that guest, even if it's three different people, we put them all as the co-host. Hosts, does it feel like you're spending way too much time responding to questions from your Airbnb guests? Is the fear of a possible bad review keeping you up at night? I recently learned about a really helpful service called Aviva IQ. With Aviva IQ, my workload and worries have reduced dramatically. All I had to do was link my Airbnb listings to Aviva IQ, create my messages and schedule delivery times. That's it. I can't believe how easy it was to set up. Now I can sit back and relax knowing that my guests receive all the important details on time, every time. Everybody sleeps better. Check them out at www.avivaiq.com. Awesome. So let's talk about having multiple platforms. I'm assuming you list on multiple platforms as well. Yeah, we do. Because I imagine if you have like maybe two or three Airbnb listings, then that's still quite manageable. But if you're getting into like 5, 10, 15 listings, you're probably going to need some tools to manage these listings, right? Especially when you're getting into multiple platforms as well. If you have like 10 homes and like five different platforms, then I can imagine it becomes a real challenge on how to manage it. So can you talk a little bit about you know what kind of tools that you use or what are different ways that people could manage their listings? Yeah, so channel management is really an advantage of scale. It doesn't make a lot of sense for one person who's hosting one property to go through all the hoops of learning how to navigate the non-Airbnb channels. Because I'll tell you, once you leave Airbnb and venture out into other channels, they are 10 times worse. If you ever had any issues with Airbnb, you're going to have 10 or 20 times the issues with the other channels. Airbnb is where they are because they have the product they have. You really come to appreciate the all-in-one nature of Airbnb, where they handle the payment processing, they handle the guest screening, they do the chant, the um, reservation management. They even have the messaging and guidebooks. You know, it's really an all-in-one solution. So, for example, if you were to go on Booking.com, you would be responsible for your own credit card payments. This is an issue that we just didn't foresee. We are now our credit card processor, and we have to abide by Stripe's policy of minimizing the number of disputes. And on Booking.com, you tend to get a lot of a different kind of guests. It's typically people that are either stolen credit cards 
I mean, the same people that go to hotels with stolen credit cards and try to get away with it on Booking.com because there's no identity verification. So you have to sift through a lot of people using the credit cards they shouldn't be. So now you have to do your own credit card verification. That's a whole undertaking by itself. The other thing is background screening. So Airbnb does their own screening for the sex offender, criminal background, and OFAC, the terrorists watch list. They now, from what I understand, they do 100% checks on all guests who do instant book. So before middle of last year, they were only spot checking guests to make sure that they weren't on any of these lists. Now, anybody who does instant book is 100% guaranteed by Airbnb to be screened. If your property owner requires that you screen the guests, well, now if you're on booking.com, you now have to ask them for their ID. You now have to do your own background check and you have to abide by, I should make the disclaimer, I am not a lawyer. I don't know what I'm talking about, really. Just a couple hours of Googling. But you have to be careful with some government agencies like Fair Credit Reporting Act and Fair Housing Act. It basically opens up a can of worms once you try to go outside of Airbnb. So I, I would strongly advise anybody who's just kind of trying this out, stay with Airbnb as long as you can, especially if you're in a location where Airbnb can satisfy 90% of your demand, because that extra 10% of the the revenue you could generate on other channels is probably going to consume 90% of your time. And is this just an issue with Booking.com or also with platforms like HomeAway, VRBO, etc.? All of them other than Airbnb. There's one new channel we were just made aware of called Urban Door. Have you heard of this, Jasper? I have not. So Urban Door is kind of the up-and-coming Airbnb, but specifically for longer-term stays. So they're more in the corporate housing market, which basically means Airbnb, but instead of one night to one week stays at a time, they focus on one month to six month or nine month stays at a time for relocation and traveling corporate employees. And what they do, they're filling the void there of adding another channel where they also are an all-in-one package. So they do their own payment processing, their own background checks and screening, their own ID verification. The only two I'm aware of that do all of this for you are Airbnb and Urban Door. Awesome. Well, what if you do get into multiple platforms? Like, How do you manage it? As I understand it, there's two groups of sort of tools that you could use, right? There's the channel managers, and then there's the online management tools. Yeah, there's a, it's kind of confusing how the industry formed their terminology, but you have basically your property management system, your PMS. That's the, the bread and butter. If you were managing multiple listings, it's almost impossible to do it without a property management system. Whether you build it yourself, which is possible, it's difficult, but possible, or you use a third-party SaaS tool like Streamline or Guesty or HostAway, you need a PMS. Once you get to, let's say, four to five listings, your money and time is going to be much more well spent learning how to navigate the PMS than to how to navigate Airbnb and all the other channels. The PMSs, property management systems, or property management software, some people call it, they often include a channel manager feature. So the channel manager specifically is the one API that touches all the other APIs. It's kind of like your master API, the application programming interface. So with all of these channels, whether it's VRBO, Booking.com, Airbnb, HomeAway, they all have their own way of doing things, their own way of setting prices, their own way of booking calendar dates, their own way of pushing content for the listing 
to create a new listing on this new channel. So once you have a channel manager, you can create, in theory, one listing on the on the PMS or on the channel manager, and then push that listing out to all the other channels. So you don't have to copy and paste your description five times for five different channels. It just syncs across all the channels. Similarly, it syncs the calendar. Um, and uh, sometimes I think the channel managers even go as far as to syncing prices. But channel manager is just one part of it. The property management umbrella, PMS system umbrella, includes a channel manager, sometimes a revenue tool where you can integrate with people like Beyond Pricing or Price Labs, or that sometimes they have their own. They have sometimes a housekeeping or a task management feature. Sometimes they have they can create their own guidebooks where they integrate with people like Hostfully. They have their own business intelligence dashboards to help better adjust base prices and seasonal prices. And they also do their own automated messaging. And then sometimes a customer relationship manager to the CRM where you can keep in touch with your guests and send them text message or emails after their stay to let them know about special promotions. All of that is housed under the PMS umbrella. If you go multiple listings, the biggest, biggest PMS partner to use. And this is where the industry is, where it's awful how, how nascent the industry is and where you really realize that because they're all terrible. They're all buggy. None of them have all the features you need. The ones that might be bug-free and have all the features you need are way overpriced, where it's not even worth it. So really, that's the biggest challenge today, is just finding a good PMS partner that you can count on and that has all the features that you need for whatever your motivations for growth are. Okay, so it's not as complicated. There's a there's a PMS, and that's about it. You just have to find the right PMS that works for you. So there's, you know, I'm just going to name a bunch of tools that I'm aware of, like Orbi Rental. There's Booking Sync. Mm-hmm. There's your Porter Air GMS Hostaway. You mentioned. I'm I'm sure there's another like ten or fifteen out there. But uh, so you're saying essentially these companies they all do the same thing. Yeah, they really fall into two different categories. So really, you have your old school PMS companies and your new school PMS people. So typically, the distinction is, are they Airbnb focused or not? And so all of the existing PMSs are, were built around HomeAway, VRBO, direct bookings on a website, which I forgot to mention, PMSs also are where you can have your own website for direct bookings. So a lot of the PMS providers were built around HomeAway and direct bookings. Once Airbnb came on the line, that's when your new school PMS providers came on and and really catered to a different audience of more tech-enabled property managers. And so you really, even when you go to the trade shows, you see two different kind of camps of people. You have your old school property managers and your new tech-enabled property managers. Streamline, for example, is the gorilla in the old school world. They also integrate with Airbnb, but Airbnb is not first for them. Airbnb was kind of an afterthought. Then you have companies like Guesty, on the other hand, who's the gorilla on the Airbnb side. Guesty, if you are Airbnb-centric, Guesty is probably the most mature, but they're also very expensive. So you really have to decide, is your region or area where you operate Airbnb-focused? Do you want to prioritize Airbnb, or is Airbnb just an afterthought? Typically, I think most of the listeners on the show probably fall into the Airbnb camp. So if you were in the Airbnb camp, Guesty, like I mentioned, it's an all-in-one solution, but it's very expensive. The next up-and-comer that I suggest is HostAway. What you tend to find with these property management systems is that customer service is the most important feature you can have. With younger companies like HostAway, you actually get the time of day of the right people in the room that that can help. 
So we went through a couple heartaches with Booking Sync was a big one that we just tried and could not make work. They're in France. They're based out of France and their customer service and their tech team works during France hours. So for a U.S. customer, it's almost impossible to get them to do anything. And on top of that, it's extremely buggy. All of them are buggy, but you can tolerate the bugs if your customer support is there. So HostAway is a good up-and-comer where they're basically guesty, but not as many features. But I wouldn't be surprised if in a couple of years from now, they got up to Guesty's level. They're a lot cheaper and they have a lot better customer support. Awesome. Well, that the whole you've definitely cleared up the whole space in my mind. I'm a lot less confused now. Let's see. Uh, what are some, imagine like somebody wants to start managing multiple listings or maybe wants to start a small vacation rental management company. Can you quickly in, in like two minutes give some advice to those people? Yeah, I would say first figure out what you're trying to do. Are you trying to manage beachfront properties that are second vacation homes for rich people? Or are you trying to manage urban apartment type or duplex townhome type apartments? Are you in a city with millennials who are doing more Airbnb? Or are you in the backwoods where it's more of a VRBO, home away kind of situation? Are you trying to grow this into a full-fledged management company? Or are you just doing it to kind of pursue your other passions? That last question is probably one of the most important Because scale, what your ambitions are to grow into, has the biggest impact on what tools you use. Most tools claim to be only good for a certain range. So some tools are good for like one to 10 properties. Other tools are good for 20 to 50. Others are good for 100 to 1,000. So you got to try to figure out what range you are going to reasonably be in and then find a property management system that way. And basically just find out how much time do you want to sink into this? Is this a invested startup? Is it a side business that allows you to travel? Or is this, um, you know, just a kind of a day job for you? So a lot of that impacts where you're going to try to grow all of your listings. I can tell you there's definitely room in the market in just about every city for, for more listings. So your options are pretty open now, but over time you're going to have to compete. And if you're kind of half managing these properties, at some point you're going to get either bought out or stomped by, you know, larger companies because there's such advantage to scale with things like credit card processing and background screening that you just couldn't do feasibly as a small player. So, you know, I guess my prediction of the the industry here in the next two years is going to be a lot of growth and a lot of maturation and also a lot of consolidation. So bigger players like Vacasa kind of coming on board and eating all of the little guys. So just kind of have a clearer vision in your head of where you want to be. And that'll help you decide what tools you need and how to get there. Awesome. Well, it sounds like one of the biggest challenges is really finding the right tool, finding the right platform to use. Do you have any specific advice on how people should go about it? Or should they just try a bunch of different platforms and see what works? The hard part is you don't really know until you try with any of them because they all have their own quirks. But the challenge there is some of them have very high setup fees. So if I were you, there's enough players in the market that there's no reason you need to pay for setup. Booking Sync charged us $800 to get set up. And part of it is so they can lock you in. Stay away from those kind of companies. They ended up giving us a refund at the end of it, which was nice of them, but can't guarantee that they're going to do that. People like HostAway, you can be up and running in two hours or so by yourself without any of their customer support and without paying a, you know any setup fee and you're just char- being charged monthly. So whether it's HostAway or any of the other companies out there that do more of a monthly fee than a setup fee, stay away from the setup fees. And we just need to push back on those in the industry because it's kind of a, a sneaky practice that these companies play. 
Awesome. Well, Jesse, thanks a lot for coming on the show. I've definitely learned a lot. And good luck with Front Desk. And if any of the listeners want to get in touch, you're in Milwaukee, Charlotte, and Indianapolis, you said, right? Yeah, that's right. You can email me at jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at frontdesknow.com. I'm happy to help you guys all on your journey to become a vacation rental professional here. So let me know if I can help. We've been through all the tools and have very strong opinions of what works and what doesn't. So I'm happy to answer any questions any viewers might have. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse. And thanks for the listeners for listening. And on Friday, there will be another episode. So hope to see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.